Good evening, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo for a special night of programming as tonight we bring you not one but two coaches' shows, Kalani Sitake for a half hour, Mark Pope for a half hour, with the two coaches meeting in the middle for some crosstalk as they take questions from fans on Twitter using hashtag Sitake Show and Pope Show, as well as on Facebook and Instagram via the BYU TV Sports accounts. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll start on the gridiron in South Carolina and recap Saturday's setback at Coastal Carolina. We'll look ahead to the last game on BYU's regular season schedule at Saturday's showdown with San Diego State. We'll bring both Coach Sitake and Coach Pope together as they share thoughts about each other's teams. And we'll look back on the Cougar Hoopsters week back east and up north and preview the big week ahead for Coach Pope's team with games against Boise State and Utah, two teams that beat BYU the last time those programs played. And we start the show by saying hello once again to the head coach of the football Cougars. He is Kalani Sitake. Hey, Coach. What's going on, Greg? Well, here we go for the final time this year. And uh, you got to 9-0 and, and took that risk and took that trip and uh, played a good team on Saturday out in South Carolina. Yeah, not, not the result that we wanted, but I'm really proud of our players and, uh, uh, you know, the, the prep for it. And it went really quickly. And there's a, there's a lot of the work that went into it, but the guys played hard. The effort was there. And, and we came a yard short, you know, and, and uh, a lot of credit to Coastal Carolina for getting the win. Uh, our guys will bounce back from this. And there's a lot of things that we can learn from that game. And, I think some things that will help our, our young guys uh, grow up and, and, and will help us going into the 2021 season. Both teams had roughly the same amount of time to get ready for a game once they found out their opponents. Of course, you traveled, they didn't. Had you had a regular week, let's say, does your game plan look different than it did on Saturday? Possibly a little different on the defensive side. They, they run an option, it's a triple option scheme uh, out of the gun. It's a, the pistol type of scheme that's very similar to what you see from uh, Navy and Air Force and Army, um, but more, mostly in the gun and, and a lot of interior run. And so there are a lot of things that we try to, I mean, we did that in week one. And so trying to get that um, organized as quickly as we could before getting out there. It, it took a while to get used to the speed and all that. It's hard to prep for it, but I give a lot of credit to Coast Carolina. They made the plays and uh, you know made one more play than we did as a team and, and we were able to come away with the win. But our guys fought hard and, and they played hard and uh, we, a lot of guys grew up in, in that game and, and, and got some valuable experience. Game highlights presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Let's take a look at BYU and Coastal this past weekend in Conway, South Carolina. BYU's first ever trip to play a game in the state of South Carolina. And of course, both teams in the top 20 in the playoff committee rankings and top 15 in the AP in the coaches' polls. And Coastal gets on top early or first. Yeah, it was, it was uh, the difficult part is they possessed the ball a good amount of time. And in the first half, we really didn't give our offense that many opportunities to, uh, you know, the score. And, and um, But defensively, we've got to get off the field and get the ball back to our offense. They can put a lot of points on the board, but they've got to get the ball first. Cougars did take a lead 7-6 to six as Coastal missed a PAT. So the Cougars led. And then uh, a turnover here. And uh, unfortunately, Coach unable to capitalize going the other way on, on offense at that, at that point. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, looking at, at these plays again and, and um, the opportunities that we had, uh, you know, we, we've got to capitalize on it. And there's an opportunity to get out of the uh, drive and stop points on fourth down. And, um, you know, this is, this is a, we've been in places where we've made these plays. And this is what we've seen from Dax all year long, being able to, you know, turn a, a simple pass into a, a big touchdown play. And the Cougars take a 14-13 to 13 lead on that catch and run. 
Dax Milne getting in down the sideline. Uh, the first half would end with BYU getting the ball back. And so uh, one last play before the break. And uh, this goes as a turnover and an INT. But it was the last play of the first half and ends without uh, Coastal doing much with it. Now, this did happen after the play. And I know that to neither you nor the players were too pleased about how this got handled. Yeah, I thought it was excessive. And I thought there's a, you know, ref standing right there at the end. We had to go break it up. And, you know, that, uh, that's the ref's, uh, that's his, he, he made the decision that it was uh, fair play. Early second half turnover for you guys here. Yeah, this was unfortunate. We missed a block up front and forced a f- uh, fumble. And, uh, you know, we felt like we had momentum at that point. And Coastal Carolina was able to capitalize on it and drive down and score. We got the ball back with not a lot of time, but our offense is explosive. We find ways to make plays. And tough, tough play by Gunner there. And, uh, you know, last play just came a yard short, you know. And mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was a great opportunity for us to make a play and, and get a win. And, uh you know, Dax tried as best as he could and just couldn't get in the end zone. So 22-17 is your final score. Uh, BYU falls at Coastal Carolina. Coastal goes to 10-0. At the end of that day, they, they and Notre Dame were the only two 10-0 teams in the country, and BYU falls to 9-1. And, and uh, that possession number uh, jumps out. And, and, and possession number can be a variable coach that sometimes doesn't have a lot to say about the outcome of a game. But in this case, with this kind of team, that number meant something, I thought. Yeah, that, that's part of the game plan. I think UTSA did a little bit of that uh, earlier in the year, um, and, and they, they try to just limit your opportunities. A lot of teams do that, snap the ball um, kind of late in, in, in the 40-second clock just to try to um, keep your offense off the field. And so uh, that's a good strategy. We just got to get the ball back. And then I don't think defensively we did that well enough. And overall, as a team loss. We, we didn't do enough in, in all three phases to get the win. But the effort was there. The guys worked hard, and... and you know, we just have to learn from it, get better, and we've got to get over this game. I mean, it, 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 there's a, we're, we're definitely sad about the, the loss, but we've got to move on. And then there's other things that there's a lot of people that are relying on us to, to function in life, you know, as, as what we have as our roles as fathers and husbands and, and sons. And so we've got to find ways to, friends, you know, we've got to find ways to move on with life. And we have an opportunity to play this Saturday. And what I've seen from our guys in practice on, on, uh, Yesterday and today, I think they're going to be ready to go. So uh, just really excited about the opportunity to play this game, to play that game against Coastal Carolina, even though it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. But looking, looking to answer back and get, get this game this Saturday in Lavelle Stadium and send our seniors out the right way. And a chance to get to 10 wins, which is meaningful. Yeah, and, and that's something that would be really, uh, you know, for us to get ready. We know we have this game and, then, and a possible bowl game. We, we feel good about being selected in the bowl. And, uh, those are two more opportunities to spend together as a family and, and play football and, and find ways to get better and, and, you know, make more memories. So BYU has traversed the schedule to get to 9-1 and one at this point. And any team that gets to, a, to double-digit games, let alone double-digit wins, has done something. Not every team is going to be able to say at the end of the year, Kalani, they played 10, 11, or 12 games. Yeah, and, you know, looking at those games and the scores, I mean, we, we did some really good things in, in all, all the games, a lot of areas. I saw a lot of growth. In our team, and I saw a lot of momentum that we can build off of. There's a, there's a we f- we have a really good thing going right now, and the one loss cannot um, overshadow the the growth that we've made as a program, and, and we've got to keep that rolling and, and keep building on that foundation. Okay, in the last hour or so, the new college football playoff committee rankings came out. Uh, BYU last week was 13th, Coastal was 18th, 
And this week it's flipped around, and you see BYU at the bottom there is going to 18th, and Coastal went to 13th. That's in the College Football Playoff Committee Top 25. But these are the other rankings involved, and so BYU is on pace again, Kalani, to finish the year as a Top 20 team, as a ranked team, and those are all uh, uh, solid benchmarks for the program. Yeah, that's part of our goal is, is to be out there and be um, talked about and have, you know, have people recognize our program. I think it's important for, our, for everything that we, with, with going in our forward with recruiting and everything that we can do as a team. And, and I think it, it really is indicative of what we can do with the talent that we have and the resources that we have here at BYU. All right. Our first segment is in the books, leading us to our first break. And we tell you that for your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, you can watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Tomorrow, you can watch Matt Bushman's Deep Blue feature and men's basketball assistant coach Nick Robinson joins the program as well. Later, Mark Pope will join us. But when we come back, I'll look ahead to an old Mountain West rivalry renewed as San Diego State rolls into Provo. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Always here for you. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Smith's. Fresh for everyone. And by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. And by Qualtrics. Time for a look at our Cougars in the NFL. Taysom Hill winning his third straight start with his best day as a Saints starting quarterback. His first two touchdown passes in the NFL as well. And a big win for New Orleans as the Saints clinch a playoff spot. Kyle Van Noy, three sacks among his seven solo tackles in a Dolphins win against the Bengals. Sione Takitaki, uh, three tackles for the Browns in a victory against the Titans. And reportedly, Diango Moloku has had workouts with the Bills and the Patriots. Here's what Saturday's football game day schedule looks like. Pre-game begins at 8.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. BYU TV's pre-game starts at 9 o'clock. The game is at 10 on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. And then post-game on both BYU TV and BYU Radio with the game rebroadcast right after post-game finishes on BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Saturday, it's senior night, but uh, like everything else this year, it is maybe, maybe not as it appears because uh, many of the seniors might be right back here 12 months from now getting ready for another senior night as the NCAA has given all student-athletes a free season of eligibility, if you will, should they choose to use it. As for this weekend, the Aztecs are in town. And this is, Coach, a team that beat to BYU 13-3, to uh, low-scoring game last season in San Diego. Different coaching staff, but, uh, of course, a lot of the same guys back for both teams. Yeah, and, and the same, same defensive mindset. They, they uh, want to win a lot of games on defense. They do a lot what Coastal Carolina did to us last week and possess the ball and try to um, minimize our opportunities on offense. And so defensively, we've got to find a way to get the ball back. And offensively, we've got to be efficient with our, with our plays and, and score points. And so um, I think this is a, a chance for us to kind of redeem ourselves from last week. And um, they're well coached. Brady Hoke's a good coach. He's been a head coach before. And, um, you know, so the, the defense reminds me of what Rocky Long has done with the defense. And 
So they're going to really lean on that. A lot of experience there, hard-hitting defense. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to do our best to make sure that we maximize our potential to get, get points on the board and, and create havoc on defense. That 4-3 record includes losses to uh, a Pac-12 team. Uh, the Pac-12 did allow some non-conference play if it fit, and it fit for them to play San Diego State, and that was one of their three losses. Yeah, that, that, was, that was great that San Diego State was able to go play Colorado and get, that, get another game. I mean, this is an opportunity that we just want to see our as coaches, we want to see our players play games as many as possible. And, uh, you know, uh, I think you can, for us to be at 9-1 and one right now and have 10 games played, I'm, I'm really thankful that, that all the people that made it work, from our administrators to everyone else that allowed it to happen, that we have these opportunities and now looking forward to the 11. And a lot of folks made it work to get you guys into the, uh, the blackout uniforms on Saturday night. This will be a game with the All Blacks return. Yeah, you know, we, we've had, uh, I mean, our equipment guys are tuned into what our players like and uh, the seniors expressed interest and wanted to wear the black and so they worked really hard, talked to Tom and they were able to get it done and, um, you know, back when I played, I didn't really care too much about uniforms as long as it had a Y on it and that <laughs> fit me, I was good with it. So uh, the players though, that, that, I think the black is a cool look, you know, with the royal trim and everything and I think those guys are going to look good and hopefully we play good too. Let's get back to senior day for a little bit, and let's, uh, we're going to scroll some names uh, on the screen of, of seniors. And again, we expect that uh, some will want to consider whether they do come back for another year, but these are seniors by name who might be playing their final games at Lavelle Ever Stadium. And we'll go through a few screens of these, uh, Kalani, and just get some of your impressions as you see these names roll by. Yeah, I just try not to get too emotional. <laughs> just, um, a lot of these guys put, put in so much um, time, uh, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, to get the program to where it's at right now. And I have been a huge, um, you know, as a head coach, I've benefited a lot from their hard work and sacrifice and just wanted them to know how much we appreciate them. And I know BYU fans feel the same way, that those guys are, have done a lot for us and we're looking forward to sending them out the right way and getting a W for them. It will be an, un- an unprecedented and unique process for some of those guys to consider, though, too, uh, do they want to play some more football? And uh, how do you approach, is, is it each in situation individually? Because from a macro perspective, there are scholarships to, to parcel out and incoming freshmen, and it's going to be an interesting offseason that way for you and the, and the players. Yeah, I don't, I mean, we haven't really communicated too much right now. After this game, we'll probably talk a little bit more. Uh, the, the players know the, um, the situation, and I think uh, there's a good number of them that are thought about it already and have made their, their decision. And so... Um, if it was up to me, I'd take them all back, you know. So hopefully uh, we'll get a good number of them back. There's some that, that want to go play on the next level and want to move on with their with their lives and their families. But uh, I, I think that they need to know that we really want them back. The uh, season you've had has brought a lot of attention uh, to the team and to certain individuals on the team, and it's awards season. And a lot of your guys have been singled out for some prestigious national awards, and that speaks to the overall talent on this team. Let's take a look at a few of the would-be honorees for BYU, from, uh, from quarterbacking to catching the ball to kicking it to hitting people. Uh, you, you really do cry, span the spectrum there. And there's also a separate award called the Burlesworth Award that goes to a former walk-on, and Dax Milne's a nominee for that as well, as that's how he came to campus for you. So uh, excellent representation uh, offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah, and then, you know, there's a lot of these guys will, will give a lot of credit to their teammates to getting him in, in this position to be recognized. And so uh, the, the, their teammates are so happy for him. So I, I'm, I'm glad that they're getting recognized for it. Glad that NFL scouts are, are, are talking about our players, you know, and 
I said it before that we have a good group of young men on our team, and I think the NFL could benefit from having a lot of them uh, play play in their league. It's like you're already seeing the guys that are out there doing it right now. So um, happy for their futures, but I said before, I, I want I want them all back. If I want to be selfish, let's let's give it another go at 2021 schedule. One more award, by the way, uh, it's a coaching award. The top assistant coach awards called the Broyles Award, and Jeff Grimes is up for that. Yeah, and he's he's done a great job organizing the offense and working with his staff and uh, getting the most out of their players. And so I I've been really pleased with with what Jeff Grimes has done as a leader uh, for our team and and the things that he's been able to help me as head coach and and being in charge of that offense. He he works really well with that group and. I'm um, just really, really pleased that, that he's being recognized for his efforts. Excellent. Well done. All right, uh, fans, join us Saturday, December 12th at 4 p.m. Eastern time for BYU football Top 100 Plays. That's this Saturday as we count down the Top 100 Plays in BYU football history. It'll be live on BYU TV. It is time for tonight's BYU football trivia question presented by Qualtrics. In which season did BYU last win 10 games or more? Mark Pope will join us after the break, which means we need to we need to do we need to adjust the set. We need to fix the setup, and we're going to get on that. Stay with us as our combined coaches show continues here on BYU TV. We're moving stuff around. We are back with BYU football trivia. In which season did BYU last win ten games or more? The answer there is 2011, and this year's team has a chance to get to ten as soon as Saturday. Well, with football and basketball seasons crisscrossing in December, we decided tonight to uh, handle both sports and both head coaches with one show. So for the first time ever, we welcome to the Sitake Show the head coach of the Cougar Hoopsters, Mark Pope. Coach Pope, hello. What's up, Pope? Why is it taking us so long to do this? Like, I get airtime with Kalani and Greg at the same time. Come on, let's go. This could be an every week thing. Let's do it. I'm, I'm I like excited. it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Let's get some Q and A going. Let's start with uh, Cougar fans out there with questions for you guys who are together now. So, a question for each of you from Daniel Rose on Facebook for Coach Sitake. First, uh, despite the loss last week to Coastal Carolina, what can we expect from your team going forward? And for Coach Pope, what changes have the coaching staff implemented to not have another letdown against a talented Boise State team? Well, our guys are going to respond well to this, and then they've been. That's the type. That's what they're made out of, you know. So I, I expect our players to be like how they they've already done in practice, be ready to go and and bring a lot of effort, energy, and passion, and and then we're playing for the seniors. So I I, I imagine they're going to be ready to roll on Saturday night. Coach Pope, Boise got you last year at their place. Yes, they did. Uh, good team, really, really well coached. Uh, really problematic for us in a lot of ways. Have a you know, a, a you know, first or second round draft pick on their team and this all stand in a bunch of speed and feistiness and cause all kind of chaos defensively. They're really good. Uh, they're, they're a good team. And um, so we're excited. I mean, it's just another one. I mean, every team we're playing is so good right now. So we're just, you know, getting in line and, and uh, the guys have had two good days of practice and, and we're going to go fight as hard as we can tomorrow and, and see what we can do. Um, I wish I had some secret uh, genius game plan adjustment, but that's for a better coach than me. We're just going to go play really hard and see what we can do. This Cougar Q&A is presented by Smith's. Question number two for the coaches from Reed Bates on Twitter. It says, Coaches, uh, the BYU Creamery, which we all love, has Lavelle's Vanilla, Rose's Sneaker Doodle, and Cherry Rockwood, to name three flavors. If you were given the opportunity, what would your flavor be called, and what would it entail or taste like? Kalani, what do you like when it comes to ice cream? Chocolate. 
chocolate and whatever candy you can throw in there. Okay, so you like chocolate and some stuff. How about Sitake Road instead of Rocky Road? Oh, that's road. genius. Okay, Coach Pope, how about you? That's a, I love that. Can we get that done like tomorrow? <laughs> Sitake Road. I would crush Sitake Road. <laughs> Could we, we, should, we do one more Why show together. Lavelle's we should have some Sitake. I don't get why Lavelle was just vanilla. Because, because, as you would say, he's the foundation of all great there teams in BYU athletics, right? It's yeah, the starting point, point baby. <laughs> Pure and basic, man. Oh, there, you there you go. There you go. Yeah. Satake Road. What do you like, Coach Pope, when it comes to ice cream? You're, you're uh, would, your own flavor? My, my girls will, will uh, laugh because I would just like something with everything in it. Like, I'd like to have something with, um, like, if you go get a blizzard at, I don't know who does blizzards, McDonald's? Uh, I think Dairy, Dairy Queen. Queen. Yeah. You go do a blizzard, and you know how you have them put all the stuff in there? That's what I want. I would just like everything. In fact, you could call no, it everything. Call it, no, we, we call it the potpourri. Potpourri! Oh, okay. Maybe we got a marketing <laughs> meeting going, and Greg's got all these <laughs> genius ideas. I swear we did not script that out. Like, it <laughs> just <laughs> comes to you like that. It's uh, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get to similarities between uh, the two coaches. Uh, okay. Okay, between. Uh, let's see what we've got here. All right. Coach versus coach. Uh, yeah, uh, Coach Kalani been here a little longer, a few more years here. Of course, you know, Mark did have his assistant coach years. Uh, there's your records. You've all been ranked. Uh, some nice ranked wins. Uh, both teams only one loss this year. You guys have a good thing going. And in all seriousness, when you think about it, the, the, the traditions that this, uh, this program has had with, with coaches of the football and basketball programs, what a credit, right, to coaches, administrators, players all coming together. It's been a long stretch of success at, at the two highest-profile programs here on, on campus. I think a lot of people deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I, I value my friendship with, the, with all the coaches here, and uh, my friendship with, with Mark has been awesome. You know, he, he'll text me and call me. I mean, we're getting ready to play Boise State, and we, there's this video uh, motivation thing, and it's a lot of parents, and then all of a sudden Pope pops on, and, and he's going crazy, and he's like, you know, I was getting fired up. and like, man, we, we need more of that. But I, I, I can always count on him for advice and when we can talk about culture and things like that. And, and uh, that, that's because um, the school has allowed me to reach to all the different leaders that we have here, all the different coaches, and, and I'm glad that this guy's my boy. Yeah, I'll jump in too. I mean, it, it was really fun when I first got here in this position. Uh, you know, you jump into these athletic department meetings and you kind of get the feel of especially there's a community among the head coaches here at BYU, like we all are looking to each other for ideas and support. And, and uh, Coach Satake is the dean of that. And he's, he's got a leadership voice and uh, he brings joy and enthusiasm and, and, and wisdom to everything we're doing. I, I bug him more than he would like to admit, uh, looking for counsel on issues as they arise or kind of guidance. Uh, we've got to, you know, um, uh, swap ideas in terms of recruiting and, and, uh, and, and, you know, kind of um, working at this extraordinary institution and representing it the right way. And he's been an unbelievable advisor for me, and, and I trust him. I'm so grateful. And then, I mean, watching you guys this year, like how can you not love every second of it? I, I, I kid you not, I don't know if I've seen a coach where his players, he has his players more than Coach Sataki does. And I watch him, and I'm like, I want to go play for him. In fact, I don't know if there's walk-on tryouts next year. I can't run. I will take I'm your not whole very team strong. right now. I'll take all that length on that team right now. I got some ideas for uh, George to come out here and, and you know, use him as a tight end. I mean, we, I'll take all your boys. So, I mean, yeah, you know, Barcelona would be really good wide out. I mean, I'm, I'm already thinking about it, but 
the, the fact that we get to have this friendship and this, this camaraderie yep. in the athletic department is a huge compliment to Tom Holmes, yes. our athletic director, and then, you know, Keith Ward, King Vice President, and, and Kevin Ward as president. So, uh, and then we, we get to be around the best fans. Yep. I mean, you, you, you were awesome because you, you choreographed this rush the, the court. Um, <laughs> Remember in Midnight Mass, I was there, and I was like, "This is awesome," <laughs> and we're there, and then, and then, um, you know, you you were able to forecast what's going to happen. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited the things that you can see and the vision that you have as a as a as a coach, and this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the future here at BYU. Kalani, your basketball playing history, and yeah. Coach, your football playing history. I, I played basketball in high school. You know, I I, yeah. I played varsity and. And then, you know, I was always, I, I made use of all my five fouls. And so, but uh, my body started to grow this way instead of that way. And I knew I was going to be a football player. But uh, my, my, uh, my motto was people were born to shoot and people were born to pass. So pass me the ball. There we go. <laughs> Coach Pope? So, so I'll just add, if we have a minute here. So I don't want Tom to get mad at us. We were on a, a whole department Zoom meeting. Uh, during the middle of the summer and you just like zoomed out you got zoom coming out your ears right because it's all we could do and so I'm just floating through the guys and I found uh, coach Sataki Kalani was at his house and I'm like so I just text him on the phone okay I'm like hey well we're all sitting here on zoom could you take me on a tour of the house right so he took me on the tour of the house which ended outside on the court outside where he picked up a ball one-handed with the phone in his hand, drained a three. First shot. I'm like, this guy is amazing. It was so fantastic. So he's not lying about being able to play. I played two years of organized football in the third and fourth grade. In the third grade, I was the center, and I was tall. So the quarterback could walk right up to me, and he didn't have to bend his knees. He could just get the snap straight-legged. It was, it was quite odd. And then they moved me to wide receiver, which was actually so fun. Uh, it's fourth grade, so... Nobody can pass the ball. So um, that was the extent of my football career. You guys have played for legendary coaches. Yeah. You played for Lavelle. Uh, you played, I mean, everyone thinks about Rick Pitino, right? Yeah. But Larry Bird was your coach, too. Yep. So you guys, have had, you guys have had experience under names in the game. How beneficial has that been to you in your careers? I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here in this position because of all, all those names, yeah. all the mentors that I've had, and, and, and I've said it before, the, the hard work and sacrifice of others. And so I... The only thing I can do is, is to show appreciation by being the best person I can be and, and to spread the love as much as I can. It's, um, it's interesting Klein says that because I feel the same way. Maybe in a, in, a, in a different way also, is my experience in college was so life-changing. What Coach Patino did to us and for us, uh, it was so life-changing that it's not just because he helped me grow as an individual, but it's because I got to watch firsthand what could potentially happen in a college program with a college team. And I was like, I want to have a, a piece of it. And, and interestingly enough, I think I have eight players from that team that are all in coaching in one form or fashion or another, eight of our you know, 14 guys. And I think it's because we all had this, just this life-changing experience that, that's pretty intoxicating. So I think we probably have had similar experiences that way. And, and, and just uh, every day that I get to be a part of this is, is, is a blessed day. It's just the truth. Well, Mark, I'm glad that you could be with us in this split-set environment here to help transition out of football into basketball. And that means that we are leaving one season and going to another, which means, Kalani, this is our last show together. As much fun (laughs) as this is, this might be the last time we have you on set uh, for this season. So with still a game and maybe two games to go, we hope, uh, we're going to say thank you for not only a great season of shows, 
but a great season of football. Cougar Nation's been thrilled by everything you and the guys have done this year, and we know there's more, more ball to play, and we're grateful for you, blessed to have you with us and on campus and part of the BYU family again, and uh, so thank you so much for making this a great year. Oh, that means a lot, and the, the honor's all mine, so thank you very much. So great. Go Cougs. Go right. Cougs, baby. Thanks to Kalani. Coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. The Cougars get the splits in Connecticut, then split back home and pick up a big win in the Spectrum. That's next. Stay with us. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to the second half of tonight's program. It's our two-for-one special, Kalani Sitake in the first half hour and Coach Mark Pope in the second half hour. Uh, we've pulled up the uh, football turf. We're onto the hardwoods now. And, uh, yeah, here we go. It's awesome. Let's go. How good is the crew here? I mean, that was Amazing. like a 30-second change. It's pitch-stop-type proficiency it here we're talking about. All right, let's get right to recap, shall we? Uh, this is a three-game week last week. Uh, BYU played USC and St. John's and Utah State. You were back at Mohegan Sun a week ago. Yeah, and, and you know, it was, it was the day before the game, and we're still managing schedule, right, which was, was really interesting. Uh, and then we had a, just a, a really tough night. It happens sometimes. Uh, incredibly disappointing night for us. Um, uh, credit USC, actually. Uh, they're a really good team, really long, really powerful and explosive, and, and uh, we just didn't have any answers. We didn't have any answers from me on the bench, didn't have any answers for our players, and it was a – it resulted in a real – soul-searching night. I know that you're seeing some highlights here, but this was all of them. <laughs> so in a 40-minute game, that was all of them, and, and, uh, and, and we had some, some real work to do. These highlights are presented by Intermountain Healthcare. You see BYU kind of hanging in early in the second half, but then USC pulled away. This kid had a great game, Drew Peterson. Yeah, Drew Peterson's tough. You know, a transfer from Rice, he's really creative. They've put him in a ton of isolation situations, and he's really good, uh, you know, shot fake before and after the dribble. Uh, long, long second, se- second step, third step. Uh, and he was a problem for us. He had 15 in the first half, and every single one was just isolation play. And we tried to bring second defenders, and we just couldn't find anything to really answer the bell. So an outlier of a game when it comes to the shooting number. That's not who you guys are. Yeah, well, let's hope not. I mean, it was, <laughs> like I said, it was, it was one of those nights, it, you know, we've all, we're all in sports. We've all been in sports at some point. It's one of those nights where you, you go back to the hotel, and you're a little shell-shocked, and you're discouraged, and you're still in the infancy of this team trying to find out who we are and how we can function and what we can do. And there was a lot of soul-searching. Uh, there was very little sleep in the 30-hour turnaround before the next game. It was a direct turnaround. It was supposed to be a tournament setting. That kind of got blown up, and you ended up finding a game against St. John's that gets put together like in the 48 hours leading up to the game itself. And so you turned right around and took on the Johnnies, who had actually played a pretty good game in beating Boston College in a high-scoring affair just two nights before. Yeah, I think they still just have one loss on the season. Uh, um, uh, Coach Anderson is, is one of my favorite people in all of cas- uh, basketball, and uh, he does an unbelievable job. And they're a full-court, full-pressure, full-attack, all-night-long team. It's a really tough team to face on a zero-day prep. And... Um, and, you know, for us to kind of get through the five stages of grieving and then, and then get back to work and really focus, it just says a lot about these young men that they were able to do that. I'm so proud of them. Uh, we had big games from a lot of guys, uh, big games from guys that put up big numbers and big games from guys that didn't show up on a stat sheet a lot but, but made huge effort and energy plays. Alex Barcelo has been so good for you 
uh, in the first six games of the season. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is his, his box score is incredible, and that's the least impressive thing he's doing for us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just, just taking the mantle of leadership uh, that he has has is, is really been extraordinary. And it, it starts in the locker room, and it's, it's off the court, and then, of course, the stuff on the court. And then, you, said, you know, here's a couple of clips of Gideon George, who had a, a little bit of a breakout party at 15 rebounds on the night coming off the bench. A record-setting performance. Gave us a huge spark with his length and athleticism and his heart. So, uh, you know, he was a, a huge contributor in that game. And as you see highlighted there at the bottom for our viewers, uh, the key is making sure one loss doesn't turn into two or something worse and you guys bounce back really well. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's, it's these guys, you know, these – this is an excruciating non-conference schedule. It's so hard. And so it's designed to kind of rip us open and expose all the weaknesses we have. And, and certainly USC did that schematically, talent-wise, effort-wise, everything else. And for these guys to put it back together and, and come together and, and not play a perfect game against St. John's, who's a really good Big East team, but, but a good enough game to win, um, it, it, it tells us a lot. It's a... It's a it's a good sign for what this team is ultimately capable of as we keep going through the growing pains that we're going through now. Playing the game a day earlier than you thought you'd be playing uh, was a challenge to get ready, but then it gave you an extra day once you got back to get ready for an in-state game, which is always a grind. Yeah, and so we're sitting there uh, on Tuesday morning um, trying to finalize this Wednesday or Thursday game, and that was something that we were debating also. It was, you know, here we are six hours away from the USC game, and we're trying to figure out the game that's going to be 30 hours down the road. And um, it just worked out that it, we, we were going to end up playing without a deaf. I don't know which was going to be the best, but considering we had to travel back, and most importantly, considering that we actually won the St. John's game, it was definitely the right call. So you did have the, the turnaround. Once you got back here, a full day of work before you went to Logan then, right? Yeah, so we, um, we, we finished the St. John's game. Uh, we're hoping to jump on a plane and drive straight back, but the plane was, was had a, uh, there was something broken on the plane. And so we, um, we went to a hotel, spent the night, got up early the next morning, flew back, had a solid uh, recovery day practice Thursday, uh, a full-on pregame practice Friday, and then played the game Saturday. So it was BYU and Utah State at the Spectrum. Let's get to the uh, Cougar and Aggie, ha- Aggie highlights from Saturday night. I was not with you guys. I was back with the football team in South Carolina. But I got to tune into this game uh, during our football postgame show, actually. And so I was following with you every step of the way. It was, uh, it was nerve-wracking. I don't like watching games like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's when you go play in Logan. I mean, it's just is what every single game up there since the beginning of time almost seems like it is, is that it, it's in-state games. They're just battles. And this, this Utah State team, starting with being incredibly well-coached, Craig Smith is one of the most... Yeah, you know, talented coaches probably in the country right now, and and he 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 actually had to miss this game because of COVID, and and so his assistant coaches, you know, not only does Craig do an unbelievable job coaching his players during games, but he he coaches them to learn how to play, and his staff did an unbelievable job coaching this game, and then and then this Kata. You know, he's he's got to be one of the, the best, most effective, most dominant bigs in the Western United States. He's a pro, right? He's a pro. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in fact, a lot of people thought he wouldn't even come back right. last year. Yeah. He kind of fought injury last year, and he's, he's fully healthy right now. And he is a problem. He's an incredibly talented player. And so, you know, and being on the road for the first time playing in front of fans. And you're tied up five minutes to go. Yeah, so they had 1,500 fans in the stands, which was actually so fantastic. We made the comment post game, but... You know, it was so awesome to have fans in there, and there's no fans that hate us more than the Aggie fans, but it was just so, there was so much life in the gym. 
and uh, the guys just got it out. We got unbelievable performances from Spencer Johnson off the bench, was so solid defensively. Matt Harms and Rich Harwood were so incredibly dominant with their rim protection. You think about it, we sent one monster, we sent one double team on Kata the whole night. It was the first possession of the game. It was the only time we brought help. And Matt and Rich held him to seven for 18 from the field. That will never happen with him this entire season. We're going one-on-one in the post all night. He's seven for 18. Those guys did an unbelievable job. Matt came up with huge blocks in the second half. And Alex Barcelo led us with a great game. And we had a bunch of contributions. You know, Trevin Nell, for example, Trevin Nell, uh, you know, had a frustrating night, two early fouls in the first half, but comes up with a massive, massive charge uh, in the second half. And then, you know, Connor Harding, who's, uh, you know, just been such a leader on this team, doing all the little things, hits a game-winning three from the corner off an unbelievable catch from Caleb Lohner. And Caleb Lohner, I mean, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say this, but Caleb Lohner hadn't made a three all season. He drained his first three about two minutes into the game. He shot it and then turned right to the bench, and it was some kind of conflagration of like, I told you guys I got this, to like, I can't believe it actually went in. It was all put together in one moment, and, you know, we're getting to see these young guys, like, grow in their understanding and belief before our eyes, and we've been really blessed to do it mostly winning right now. Um, it, but they're just growing. These, these players are growing so fast. It's so exciting. I mean, we're going to have other stumbling moments, but, but um, it, it really is exciting to see how these guys are growing. Back in the day, it took Tyler Hawes a couple of weeks before he hit his first three, and then they started coming. It'll be the same thing with Caleb, too. Tyler and Caleb actually talked about that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, you talked about the great coaches have been a force. These, these great players that have played here are such an unbelievable resource for our guys playing here now. So tomorrow night will mark two weeks since the college basketball season began. And uh, BYU's done well to get in six games already through basically a week and a half. Let's go inside the numbers now presented by Mountain America Credit Union and see what BYU's done just to get to 5-1. and one. So only six teams nationally have five or more wins. You're one of them. And only ten teams have actually gotten in six games played here in the first two weeks. And you're one of those ten teams as well. Yeah, we, we, we thought about that a lot in the season. Not only do we want the hardest non-conference schedule we could get, which, which we have, um, but, but we also wanted to, we, we also had this thought, like, let's play as many games as early as we can. And in all honesty, kind of football led the way for us there. Just watching football, how they, f- they front-loaded as many games early on as they could where other teams in the country chose to kind of wait and just see how that played out. It mm-hmm. seemed like it made a lot of sense to, to play as many games as we could early. And thankfully, you know, we've, we've won our fair share of them. Well, each week on the show, we get to know the Cougar Hoopsters through the words of their teammates. It's our Cougar Q&A presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And tonight, we get the lowdown on Caleb Lohner. Caleb Lohner is his own breed. He's another dude that's the life of the team, you know. I mean, he's in the locker room. He's banging music. He's, he's loud. He's a happy guy. He's always positive, and he always wants to make other people better. He's always playing music in the locker room, and he's playing music where you're like, you're 18, 19 years old. Like, what do you know about this stuff? You know, he's playing some oldies out there. He loves some classic rock. A bunch of guys in here will hook up to the Ox, and he's always got great taste in music. He knows everybody. He plays with energy, and he rebounds everything, both offensive and defensive rebound. Caleb Lonerton is not a guy who you look at and say, that's a freshman. He's built like a linebacker. He's built like he shouldn't be a basketball player. He's a physical player. He's a big guy. He's a hard worker, and he's strong. Love the hair, too. Just like the long hair, the short hair, the mini fro, man. I call him Hercules. 
Um, the dude's body is just unreal. The dude can skate, he can surf, and you know, if you just want to vibe with someone, Caleb's the right dude to do it with. Has a ton of style, probably the most style on the team. He is a ball of energy. Uh, he's got his own style. He's He's really unique. He's really funny and has kind of a, a fun, crazy personality, but also at the same time is like somebody that you can talk to about life. He's not really super concerned about what other people think about him. He just kind of does him. I think that's one of his biggest strengths. You know, some freshmen join a program that kind of lay back, kind of let things happen around him, kind of quiet in the corner. That's not necessarily Caleb Lohner. No, he is, uh, he is just a, he is, he is all in. Uh, he's all in on everything he does. It's just... You know, I made this comment really early on just about how much, like, this joyous, joyous spirit that he brings into the gym every day, and he kind of does that in everything in his life. He's, he's not afraid to fail. He's not afraid to make a mistake. He's not afraid to, to um, fall short or be embarrassed. He just is so generous with his whole being. He just wants to give you everything he has. He's going to give you all his personality and all his effort and all his try and all his courage and and uh, it's, it's been amazing to watch the impact he's had on this team as a freshman, not just on the court in games, but also in the locker room, in practice. Um, he is, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, as, as Cougar fans get to know him more intimately, he's one of the most um, beautiful and fascinating human beings I've ever met. And he just is, he just has stories for days about what his life is. I mean, you know, I can't wait till everyone jumps on his Instagram page and, and his, his YouTube channel because watching those things, you're just like, he, <laughs> he, he, does, he doesn't look like the guy that he does on the court. He's got so much kind of broadness and depth to his personality and who he is. He's awesome. Okay, as we go to break, quick RIP to Richard Howard's mustache. We saw that in the thing. It's gone, unfortunately. So sad. All right, as we go to break, uh, <laughs> uh, we want to tell you about After Further Review. It's on demand on the BYU TV app with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon breaking down Coastal Carolina and looking ahead to San Diego State. Here's this week's BYU basketball trivia question now presented by the BYU Store. How many players from Idaho are on the 2020-21 BYU basketball roster? We'll tell you after our final break as BYU basketball with Mark Pope continues. Presented by Siegfried and Jensen. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Intermountain Healthcare, always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by Deseret News. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. America First Credit Union, we're here to help. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Zion's Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And by Qualtrics. BYU basketball trivia. How many players from Idaho are on the 2020-21 BYU basketball roster? Of course, BYU's playing an Idaho team tomorrow night. The answer is three. Those are your guys. Connor Harding, Colby Lee, and someone that uh, fans won't see this year, won't see him for a while. He's going to head off on a mission, right? That's Townsend Triple. All right, let's get to Cougars in the Pros, presented by Deseret News. Jimmer dropping 32, grabbing seven boards for the Shanghai Sharks in a loss to Beijing. 
Brandon Davies played today for FC Barcelona, scored 15 to go with seven boards in a loss to Olympiacos. And Elijah Bryant scoring a team-high 21 for Maccabi Tel Aviv in a win over the weekend. Set of games on tap this week starting Wednesday. BYU versus Boise State at the Marriott Center. Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to tip-off begins at 8.30. Then Saturday, both pregame shows beginning at 5 Eastern with the game live as well as on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. In addition to the BYU Radio and BYU TV regular broadcast, there will be a second screen experience with Jeremy and Tyler Hawes on the BYU TV app as well as post-game shows on both channels. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And uh, let's discuss these two very challenging games, uh, two games against Ken Palm, top 100 teams, uh, teams that both got you last year. Yeah, uh, this Boise State team is really disruptive defensively in a different way. Uh, you know, if they go with kind of their standard game plan, it's interesting. They guard ball screens uh, f- on the right side different than they do from the top, different than they do from the left side. Trying to always kind of keep the ball in your left hand. Uh, we'll see if they kind of stay with that tomorrow, if they change it up. They'll put some man-to-man pressure on you full court. Their two guards are really, really pesky. They'll back tip. They'll get up into you. They'll jump in passing lanes. Uh, so defensively, uh, they can cause you all kinds of problems, and they're really, really talented offensively. They really hurt us uh, to the rim last year. Um, this Alston, their starting three as a pro, you know, he withdrew his name from the draft last year. I think has every expectation of being a late first round, you know, mid second round draft pick. Six nine is shooting over eight threes a game. Uh, can get to the rim at will. Has an unbelievable first step. Uh, and he's just the centerpiece on an incredibly talented roster. Transfer from Oregon, a couple transfers from Arizona, uh, good length, physicality. They're a problem. I didn't even talk about how good a coach Leon Rex is. Yeah. He's a great coach. He's had an unbelievable tenure there. So uh, we got a work cut out for us tomorrow. We're really excited about it. And a transfer from uh, Portland, too. Marcus Shaver. That's right. Play against BYU in the WCC, and he's, he's on their roster. Uh, know the Foe is presented by Qualtrics. Take a look at Utah uh, as we uh, take a look at the second game of the week, BYU and the Utes on the weekend. They're off to a 2-0 start. Uh, they actually opened Pac-12 play on the weekend, beat Washington. And then I've already played a game tonight. They played an early game against Idaho State. Yeah, and, and you know what? A, obviously, you know Larry's done an unbelievable job in his tenure at Utah, and he's put together a really good team that's got a whole year of experience under their belt, uh, playing at a really, really high level, uh, led by two veteran guys that are stars now, um, and and uh, with their trademark, uh, really, really stingy defense and and uh, very, very concise offense, and so uh, it's all you know. It's it's our. One, two, three, four is our fourth. It's our fifth in-state game, and uh, five in-state games out of out of our first eight, right? So is that right? No, Westminster, Utah yeah. Valley, f- Utah State, Utah. It's our fourth. So yeah, fourth, but fourth. four of eight. Half your games would be yeah. in-state games. And so you, you got know, Weber still coming up this month. Yeah, and every single one of these uh, in-state games, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just like it's just an epic battle, and so. It's just more for these guys. Put it on the plate and let's go and let's go compete. And I think everyone in Utah loves this game, uh, BYU-Utah. And, and uh, it's a huge rivalry game. There's a ton of emotion. And um, what a great way to end the week. I mean, come on. How well, have you th- how, how well do you think uh, uh, things have turned out in the Marriott Center, all things considered? The fact that it's not a building with fans in it right now, but you, you want the guys to get a sense of the vibe of the building. And I think, I think a, a, a lot's been done to that end. 
Yeah, it, I, I'll tell you, it, it's really, it's, it's spectacular what the Marriott Centers and OIT have done. Like, uh, they've spared no expense in terms of manpower and energy to make the arena the best it can possibly be, and it is. It's spectacular. I think it's probably the best home venue in the country without fans. I mean, I really do. With that said, having fans in the stands uh, in Logan, it just reminds you, oh, it's different. Like, the day when... When, B- when Cougar Nation can walk back in the gym, is going to be really special because as good as we've tried to make it and we've done a great job, you just cannot replace uh, our fans in those seats. I can't wait till the day comes when we get to be back there. Yeah, so BYU and Utah without fans will take a little getting to used to a little getting used to Saturday afternoon. Yep, it'll be different. But it's you know, with that said, I couldn't be more grateful that we get to play. I mean, just the fact that we get to play is such a blessing, and it's super complicated times right now. But the fact that so many people put so much, so much effort into us being allowed to play safely. We are so grateful for that. In the last minute we have, you've gotten through six games. You've been able to experiment with a few different rotations, get guys different uh, sorts of minutes and contribute in different ways. How pleased are you with the progress of a group through two weeks? Yeah, I'm really pleased. It's complicated. Like, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of putting a lot into this, into our growth process um, where our product right now might be a little more messy than we wish it was with the thought that when we get to the end of this journey this year, we have a chance to become the best team we can possibly become. You know, we would probably look a little more coherent right now if we had limited this to a seven or eight, eight guy rotation. But in terms of our upside about being the best team we could possibly be, kind of living with the frustration of this big rotation is really important. And what if I don't stop talking? If I don't stop talking, what are we going to do? We will talk to you next Tuesday at 8.30 Eastern for Kalani and Coach Pope. I'm Greg Rubel. Go Cougs. Have a great week.